Okay, hello everybody. Welcome back to Handled by Hotheads. I'm your host, Brittany. I'm your host, Sarah. Episode 10, welcome to Double Digits. Heck yeah. Took us forever to get here, but here we are. Yeah, we just took a random month off. We've had a lot of stuff going on in life. Life. Life happens. (laughs) We're back. So... 45-year-old cheer coach charged with rape after allegedly having sex with her daughter's 16-year-old boyfriend 300 times. That went a whole different direction than I thought it was going. Yeah. I thought we were talking about a male cheer coach that had... Okay. No. What the fuck is wrong with people? I'm sorry. How many times did you say? 300 times. So was she tallying this every time? Yeah, I don't know. They probably just asked a rough average, so. I would never forgive my mom. (laughs) Like, that's really overstepping the boundaries. Definitely. That's wild. And then, as a teenager? Yeah. You're getting made fun of in school for the rest of your life. Yeah. Okay, so speaking of that gymnastics coach... Disgraced former U.S. gymnastics doctor stabbed multiple times in prison Good. in critical conditions. Yep, you remember him that like molested the kids? Yes, I do. So nobody feels sorry for you. Man, that's beautiful news. So the Long Island killer was locked up also. Yes, and it's weird to me that I, I mean, I seen it on um in my book group, but. I figure there would have been like tons of posts across my Facebook about it, like news and everything. And I had to go to Apple News to look it up. Yeah. I don't know why it didn't get more traction. Hello, a serial killer was caught. Weird. Yeah, it's making me wonder if, is that really the guy? Like, how did they? Well, so, I... and I haven't read too much on it yet. Just I've been so busy, but um, he's only being convicted of three, but he's suspected of like 10 to 16. What? Huh. You better get them on all of them. Yeah. I mean, I guess that would boil down to a confession, right? Right, exactly. And those guys usually like to play games. Florida husband charged with beating man with baseball bat after catching him in bed with his wife. I mean... We love a protective king. But also, at that point, you just tell her, you know what? Your free ride is over. You can get out and go live with that piece of shit and see if he does for you what I did for you. Yeah, fuck that bitch. Like, in your own bed? Come on. Right. You gotta take it to that level. You said vows before God, bitch. Right. Damn, at least take it to his back seat or something. <laughs> okay, so I need to get the details on this because I keep hearing updates. But So I heard about this teen boy and the mom and something about using fake names to trick the police into thinking he was missing for eight years, but <laughs> he'd been... He'd been home with his mom the whole time, so he was reported missing to police on March 7th, 2015, but then he ended up coming home one day later, they they found out recently. So he just released, like, a I don't know if it was a video or a statement somehow. I want to get into that because I want to... I want to know details before I judge him because I saw a lot of people in the comments saying that he was the one being abused and shit, so... Yeah, we gotta we gotta dive into that for sure. Yeah, that's interesting. Eight year old beaten to death by martial arts instructor only one day after parents enrolled him. Oh my god! What? I'd be I'd be fucking livid. What? I mean, that's not a that's, part of martial arts. 
Like, what happened a, there? I don't know. Probably oh my an attitude. God. That's, That's horrible. All right. So today's episode, more minor victims, but they're not small kids. It's all, you know, anything in true crime, there's always going to be a victim who didn't deserve it. It just. Absolutely. This makes me a little more sad whenever it's kids and stuff. Yes. These are teenagers. Um, if anybody knows anything about the psychopathy checklist and the Robert Hare interview process, Paul Bernardo is a pretty like notorious interview to watch on YouTube. If you don't know about like psychopathy and how boring it actually looks on video, they're not all entertaining like Charles Manson when he's sitting on trial shaking his head around like he has rabies. <laughs> Yeah, Charles Manson had way more going on than psychopathy. <laughs> yeah, he was something else. But he was dropping acid. Like, you have to know what they're talking about in their interrogation questions to understand how bizarre the answers are with Paul Bernardo. Because if you just watch the video and have no clue, he seems like, yeah, he's just talking about random shit. But, I mean, he's talking about murdering people. And he's like, man, that was 30 years ago. What? Right, you know, yeah. You're, you're inconveniencing me bringing up old shit. <laughs> right, the past is the past. What? <laughs> I think he scored like 41 out of 44 on the psychopathy checklist, though. So he's like up there. Very grandiose. Can I just say real quick how I'm super excited that we're covering the Barbie and Ken killers right now, a week ahead of the new Barbie movie coming out? Because I'm Why really excited for that together? movie. I'm a Barbie girl I can't, yeah, in a me Barbie and, world. Me and my friend are going with our daughters, and we're making matching shirts, and I'm really stoked about it. <laughs> Ooh, that's exciting. I know. I can't wait. I love it. Yeah, so let's get into it. Paul Bernardo and yeah. Carla Homolka, Ken and Barbie Killers. So Paul was born in Scarborough, Canada on August 27th, 1964. Virgo. Isn't that Virgo or is that Leo? Yeah, but... Bitch, chill out, because I'm a Virgo. Yeah, you guys are psychos. I'm very well aware. So his family was financially well off and well put together. They had a lot of money. So, you know, entitled, grandiose. Yep. Makes sense. When Paul was just 11, his father went to jail for sexually molesting a young girl. It was rumored that he molested his own daughter as well. He was abusive to Paul's mom, too. And when he went to jail... <sighs> She just sank into a deep depression. She packed up all her things and moved into the basement of their home. But it didn't seemingly affect Paul because he was always happy and smiling. He was in Boy Scouts, did well in school. Others described him as a well-mannered and perfect child. So, you know, just excessive praise coming in. Right. All directions. So at age 16, Paul's mother came clean and told him her secret. She let him know that he had been conceived illegitimately from an extramarital affair. When Paul found out Mr. Molesty wasn't his real dad, his heart sank to his ass and the whole foundation of his relationship with his mom was in shambles. So Mr. Molesty. <laughs> <laughs> So from that point on, he was disgusted with her and thought of her as a whore. He was nasty to her and projected all of that resentment onto her for keeping that secret from him. Fast forward to 1987, when a series of criminal events would occur in the suburbs of Scarborough. May 4th, in the wee hours of the morning, before the sun came up. Oh my gosh. That's literally my toddler in the background. Sure is. Just keep going. <laughs> 
Okay. A young woman was on her way to her parents' house. She was using public transportation. She was brutally raped when she got off the bus. This was the first of three of these occurrences that happened in a week. All of these women were between the ages of 15 and 21. All of these situations included beatings, intense verbal abuse, discouraging the victims from going to tell anyone about the attacks, like, if you tell, I'll kill you. His threats weren't taken serious because they all still went and reported the crimes. And that's how the police found patterns in the women's statements of what happened. And they concluded that this was all done by the same person. They gave our good psychopathic brother in Christ, Paul, the title the Scarborough Rapist. So on another note, let's talk about Carla. This corny loser bitch was born in 1970 in Ontario, Canada. Up until her teenage years, she was the pretty popular girl. She got good grades. She was never very problematic as far as we know. She worked at a vet's office and loved animals. When she was 17, she went to a pet store conference with her job. And Paul just so happened to be there with whatever business he was attached to. The two shared an immediate attraction. The trauma bond that was mistaken for love grew stronger when Paul discovered that Miss Carla was, much like him, a sexual deviant. They had some freaky bondage dynamic where Paul was the abusive master and Carla was his willing slave. So with Miss Carla's support and encouragement, Paul continued raping young women all around Scarborough. She was turned on by his fetish. That's a sick ass bitch. I hate her. It gets worse. So of his many victims, there was a 15 year old girl who he stalked and followed home to sexually assault her in her own bedroom. A couple of his victims were able to fight him off and he was interrogated by police not once, but twice. We all know that superficial charm is a trait of psychopathy and even experts in the field that study and deal with these people can be swindled until they review the interrogation footage later. The Scarborough police were no exception to being victimized by his charming manipulation. Both times he was questioned, he was let go. From May to September of 1990, police had submitted over 130 DNA samples for testing. They also discovered two leads that pointed to Mr. Bernardo, and for whatever reason, they weren't trying to take those leads serious as he didn't look like a rapist and they'd already questioned him and just didn't believe it. What, hold on. Th- what does a rapist look like? Exactly. Like, that's he doesn't insane. look don't judge a book by its cover what the fuck oh my god okay the first tip was vague and it was from a bank teller who didn't really have much connection to what was going on it was just a tip to try to connect paul to the crimes maybe like a that composite sketch looks like so and so type of accusation mm-hmm. but it wasn't a strong lead the second tip was from one of the wives of a buddy that paul had her name was tina Tina's husband was one of three brothers who were all friends with Paul, and Tina told the police that Paul was openly and proudly always talking about his sadistic sexual fantasies. She told them that these fantasies included sodomy and rough sex and all types of stuff that clearly happened to the victims of his crimes. Tina was confident Paul was the Scarborough rapist, but still they didn't find that sufficient as far as evidence goes because Paul had already been questioned. 
and on two occasions charmed his way out of being a person of interest. Mm -hmm. Also, Tina had a speech impediment, and that kind of sealed the deal on not taking her as serious as they should. What the hell does a speech impediment have to do with that? You gotta understand, this shit is in the night. I mean, it's literally 1990. It was before I was born, so. I don't give a shit what year it was. Like, well, they they just not They were dumb as fuck back back then. then. But I think that back then, you could go, I mean, I don't know about 1990 specifically, but as far as like being a police or even a nurse like you got trained on the job it was like an entry-level position you got like academies or have to have a degree that's equivalent now right but like i'm saying we have zero training and we could walk on the job and fucking still not be biased against people for dumbass reasons yeah i mean that's very true you gotta have a better discernment i don't know it feels, even though it's not that long ago, like you were alive at this time, but it really feels like back in the day when everybody was just dumb. I don't know. Cause Why'd what, you have to call me out sense. and say you were alive during this, bitch? Well, you were you were little. I'm just saying. Like, Fuck you. Well, it's 1990. It's we ain't got to be like talking about nobody's age. All right, my bad. I don't know if they thought she was slow because her speech was altered, but the man was free still because they were uncertain if they could trust the words from a person who had a language barrier like in 2023 that sounds so crazy yep i hope that i hope that police have continuing education and learn that speech barriers have little to do with intelligence and reasoning but right exactly anywho just to cover their tracks they call paul in for a third time in november 1990 the interview was 35 minutes and he willingly submitted Oh my god. Hi. Alright, we got a special guest. Yeah. Sup, Zion. Um, Hi, baby. Okay, so, yeah, as long as he's quiet. Okay, the interview was 35 minutes, and he willingly submitted a DNA sample to them. Zion. Adrian! <laughs> Byron! Oh, oh man, I miss that. I'm gonna just reread this part. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anywho, just to cover their tracks, they call Paul in for a third time in November of 1990. The interview was 35 minutes, and he willingly submitted a DNA sample to them. During the interview, they asked why he thought he was being accused of the rapes. He was like, yeah, I mean, I guess I do look like the guy. I don't know. And mimicked the ability to reason and seemed fully cooperative. After that, they found Paul to be more credible than Tina. And they chopped it up as Tina is probably just trying to get the reward money. (laughs) And so... Yeah, but he submitted that DNA sample, so that's relevant later. So, boom. Carla and Paul get engaged, and everything was peachy until no more than three years into their relationship. Paul starts to get bored and complains that she wasn't a virgin when they met. (laughs) It's a little late to complain about that now. Yeah. It bothered him because he understood marriage in the traditional way and felt it unfair that he wasn't going to be granted her virginity upon marriage. Oh my god. Who cares? Full of shit manipulating her. But now he's fixated on Carla's 15-year-old sister, Tammy. She was still a virgin. Tammy became the subject of Paul's sick and twisted fantasies. Not only did Carla accept Paul's twisted way of life after dark, but she also encouraged it at this point because his boredom was a bad thing and it was her duty now to fulfill his fantasies and keep him satisfied. Oh, bitch, you got me fucked up if you think that's my duty as a wife. (laughs) Fuck, you better entertain your goddamn self. You better learn how to self-soothe. You're a fucking grown-ass man. (laughs) Even when it came to sacrificing her own baby sister. Family don't mean shit to her, I guess. Yeah, well, 
I mean, that's an awkward Thanksgiving. I was going to say this is a whole different level because you could cut your family off, but doing what she's doing, I I'd rather well, just so. be cut off. Yeah. So this is the reason I hate this bitch so much. Carla starts inviting her sister everywhere with them. And Tammy is just excited to be hanging with this older couple who are popular, successful, and beautiful by their standards. And Paul grows more and more obsessed with Tammy the more she's around. Carla was setting Paul up to be able to go masturbate over Tammy while she slept and look into her room while she changed at night and all types of creepy sex man activities. With Christmas near, Carla decides to tell Paul that she wants him to have Tammy's virginity for Christmas. Oh my god. Like, it's what? not hers to give. Right, it's not for you to decide, you slut You bitch. couldn't have mine, so here have my sister's. What? Yeah, this bitch is sick, for real. So as usual for Christmas, the Homolkas have a Christmas party. Carla and Paul obviously invited because nobody knew how disgusting they were on the inside. Carla sneakily got some horse tranquilizers from her job and spiked her baby sister's Tammy's drink with them. That night, while everyone was asleep and Tammy was already drugged and passed out, Carla held a cloth with halothane. Before halothane, there was ether and chloroform. If you didn't know what that is, it's anesthesia that you inhale. Well, we all know what chloroform is. <laughs> yeah, so she had that as a secondary form of sedative because she didn't want Tammy to know what was going on. Carla and her husband took turns raping her sister. Like, she did it too. It's fucking uh, gross. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Carla and her husband took <clears throat> turns raping her sister Tammy that night. How old was Tammy? 15. Yeah, so they videotaped the whole thing. They were obsessed with, like, documenting everything by video. And so that essentially is a big deal in this case. But during these horrific acts, Tammy starts to throw up and she was laying on her back. So she started choking mm. on it. They panicked and cleaned up the evidence and then called the, the ambulance. Well, of course. Yeah, Tammy never regained consciousness and was pronounced dead at the hospital. They noted chemical burns on her face, which came from the halothane, but they were unaware of that. But there were no drugs detected in her system because they were horse drugs, so they're not testing humans for that. But her death was ruled accidental as a result of choking on vomit due to alcohol poisoning. No further She's investigation 15. was done. Yeah, well, they admitted that she had like been drinking because it was a Christmas party that night. So like they had that. I guess my childhood was different it, than hers because I didn't drink at my yeah. family Christmas parties. <laughs> right. When we were little, like our aunt was like, do you want to taste a wine cooler or something like that? But uh, not to the point of alcohol poisoning. We weren't drunk and stuff. We just took like one drink. Which I'm almost but 37 anyway. years old. I've still never tried eggnog. It's like drinking buttermilk <laughs> with the nutmeg flavor. It's fucking gross. That's, Ew. yeah, that's not appealing to me. Never mind. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, no further investigation was done because it was ruled an accident. Obviously, since this deplorable couple just got away with murder, they're, they're high on life and their fantastical thinking just intensifies. So shortly after this, Carla befriends another 15-year-old girl whose identity was protected because she was a minor. So for the purpose of this video, I'm going to refer to her as Mina. Okay. As in Mina the Minor. Okay. Idiot. So one day one day about a year after Tammy's death, Carla invites Mina to a girls' night where she took Mina shopping, out to eat, and then back to her house. Mina was unaware that she shared this home with Paul, who was hiding somewhere inside. Carla starts to give Mina alcohol, which is laced, and as soon as Mina passes out, Carla calls Paul to tell him she has a surprise for him. He comes out to Mina, unconscious, and records while Carla undresses and sexually assaults the young girl. 
Paul then took his turn and sodomized and abused Fucking her. gross. The next morning, Mina woke up and felt sick, but she thought it was a hangover and didn't even realize she had been sexually assaulted. A few days later, Paul was out being vile and disgusting as usual, hunting for victims. He came across a 14-year-old girl, Leslie Mahaffey who was locked outside her home because she stayed out after curfew. They made small talk and she asked him for a cigarette. He said, sure, I got some cigarettes in my car down here, babe. Follow me. I hope at age 14, all of your daughters know not to follow him in that situation. My daughter knows not to be asking for no cigarette. I'll smack the shit out of her. Don't come home (laughs) smelling like smoke because you're going to have to explain yourself. At the car, he blindfolds Leslie and forces her in. (sighs) He drives home to Carla, and they take turns doing what they do. Leslie was kind of quiet, so Paul was reassuring her that she was doing such a great job. Getting some praise action in to stimulate a little Stockholm syndrome. Right. So Paul told her the next two hours would determine whether she was going to live or die, so she was in compliance. Still blindfolded, Paul told her she couldn't identify them except what she saw in the dark, which was a vague description. During the rapey activities, the blindfold started to slip and seal her fate. They kept her overnight and she didn't make it out alive. Later, Paul said that Carla gave Leslie a lethal dose of the drug she was using to sedate the girls but Carla claims that Paul strangling her is what killed her I'm so disgusted yeah they put her in the basement the next day because Carla's family came for dinner so when they left the couple decided they they had to dismember her and encase each piece of her body in cement and drop her in a large body of water Paul went to buy 12 bags of concrete mix and kept the receipt which was used as evidence in his trial he also got his grandfather's circular saw to proceed with dismembering Leslie's body of course I mean you can't use anything else you need a circular saw and the couple made trips multiple trips to a lake that was a little over 10 miles from their home. I feel, okay, so I feel like there's a big difference in people who kill and then people who kill and fucking dismember. Because I feel like you got to be a really, really fucking sick individual to sit there and cut up a human being. Yeah, like... That's fucking gross to me. I guess my mind would go to, like, burning it states away from where it happened or some shit if I had the means to do so, if if I was gonna hide the evidence. Yeah, I mean, I... Yeah, I don't... I don't think I'd have the ability to... I'd probably be like, the whole time I'm trying to dismember them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's really gross. Not to mention, I feel like it probably takes... I mean, if you're using, like, an electric saw, definitely not, but... It's got to take a lot of strength to cut through fucking bone. I don't know. I I don't want to find out. Dude, why didn't you tell me that it took strength to push the paint roller up to the wall to get the paint to stick to the wall? I didn't realize you were a dumbass. I didn't know I had to tell you that. I never painted shit. I'm rolling it up and down. It's like not even rolling. Like you have to push in to make the thing yeah, roll. But also you that. bought cheap, painted. shitty roller stuff. <laughs> oh, so that's, that's yeah, why. But paint, like, anytime you have to paint over your head, it sucks. Yeah. And then I bought the extension, but my hallway is yeah, so narrow. I, fig- I was just thinking that in my head like there's no way she was able to use an extension oh my gosh it sucked okay yeah all right sorry guys that's just what we do I would never <laughs> yeah i would never be in the predicament where i would have to hide a body or evidence no because so. i'd just call myself out and hold myself accountable and be like well i finally did it i'm getting yeah. you guys so the pieces were over 200 pounds and they were unable to lift it up 
so they just left it there on the shore. That's the girl with the concrete. It wasn't like the body itself. (laughs) They wouldn't be able to dismember someone like me. Average 220. Never say never. So, uh, yeah, so they just left it there on the shore right outside where they pulled their vehicle up, the rest (laughs) of it. I mean, it was like really rocky right there and stuff. So it kind of, it kind of blended, but whatever. A couple days later, they went and got married. Oh, cute. Right. The day of their wedding, a father and son were out fishing in the lake they disposed of Leslie in. They found one of these concrete blocks with body parts in them. I don't know how, but. I think it was a shallow area of the lake. I don't know. But see, this is my question. Like, how do you not know? I think like a finger was dangling. Out uh, of the con- yeah, I do think I remember that. I think that they were able to see something sticking out. Yeah, that's that's a crazy mistake. Sure to is. Make. Like what? So a whole investigation was done and all of the blocks were discovered because they were not underwater. Paul and Carla were not tied to these crimes right away, obviously because it was a murder and not just a rape. They didn't even know anything about rape at this point, obviously. It was just a murder. So they weren't people of interest in this particular case. A year later, in April 1992... The predatory couple drove around to Catholic high school hunting for their next victim. Pull up on Kristen French, who was a 15-year-old student that was walking home from school. Carla popped out of the car with a map, pretending to be lost. This was before GPS on cell phones. But you would never see. I would be driving for hours. I can look at a map and just, what? What is all that? I can't. I can't understand a map. I don't know how people just look at and like, oh, yeah, we have to turn left up here. What? Where the fuck did you see that on the map? Yeah, that is crazy. So we had these big ass paper maps that were folded up. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, let me tell you a little detail about me as a child. (laughs) I don't feel that way at all. I still to this day will just scroll randomly to a weird location on Google Maps and just like look around and see what that particular city has there. I'm a weirdo. When I was young, my dad had this big ass atlas book oh yeah we had one and of I those used too. To just, i used to just sit for hours and be so entertained by like roads and stuff i don't know what weirdo what ma- <laughs> i never really outgrew that but i i don't know why and i'm not a big traveler i don't give a fuck about traveling no just, you can't find your way out of a paper bag yeah so i'm a weirdo i'm like a, I got a map fetish <laughs> kristen was a nice girl and tried to help because they seemed lost. So as soon as she started looking at the map, Paul attacked her from behind, flashed his knife, forced her into the car. Carla sat behind her and held her hair from the back seat to control her trying to escape or make a scene. Kristen lived 15 minutes from school and stuck to her routine. She would get home, take care of the dogs, and when she didn't get home on time, her family immediately suspected that something was wrong and didn't hesitate to alert the police. The police assembled a search party and several witnesses came forward saying they saw the girl being abducted. Unfortunately, nobody could identify or clearly describe Paul or Carla. The couple spent the whole Easter weekend recording themselves, torturing, raping, force-feeding Kristen alcohol. And on Easter, shortly after killing Kristen, they went to Carla's family dinner. At the trial, they blamed each other again. Paul said Carla beat Kristen with a rubber mallet and strangled her for trying to escape. Carla said that that's what Paul did. Two weeks later, Kristen's naked body was found in a ditch 45 minutes from the high school she was abducted from. 
they discovered that she was completely bathed and her hair was cut short. In the trial, it was revealed that Carla cut her hair off to throw off investigation. Like, she thought if she cut, gave her a haircut, <laughs> they would have a harder time identifying Fucking her. moron. Stupid yeah. ass. The next year, 1993, Paul's abuse toward Carla became too much when he beat her with a flashlight. Right, she deserved it. both of her eyes. Facts. She was tired of getting beat and left her husband. Two months after they separated, the DNA match from over two years prior came back as a match linking Paul to the Scarborough rapist crimes. <sighs> he was placed under surveillance for a couple of weeks and arrested in February 1993. Carla saw that the jig was up and sought out a lawyer to get her a plea bargain in exchange for her testifying against Paul. She played victim to the T and confessed that Paul had attacked over 30 women and she was one of them. He allegedly abused and manipulated her and she feared for her life. Heavy, feel sorry for me vibes with no accountability. Of course. Um, Canadian government agrees to give Carla a 12-year sentence in exchange for her statement. Paul said, hold on, bitch. Let's watch the tapes again. <laughs> and that evidence proved that she was just as much of a monster as he was because not only was she an active participant, but she was orchestrating a lot of events that occurred during the tapes. Mind you, he never killed anyone until she started killing people with horse tranquilizers. Like, he would have been a serial right. rapist. Super heinous crime. You're fucking traumatizing and destroying people's I'll lives. I'll be honest, I think I'd rather be killed at the end of that instead of having mm. to live with that I mean, shit for the rest of my life. When it comes to trauma and sex crimes, like different people, have different responses to it and so the system that we have now like our western culture over here in america what we go by is that all human life is valuable and the worst thing you can do is end a person's life if you get raped you can still live and there's services like therapy and shit like that that's provided to you however we do know the dark effects that being traumatized in any way, sexual, physical, like that, that Absolutely. stays with you forever. I don't know how I feel about it. There's a so, there's a big difference between walking to your car one night and being raped, just being raped by somebody out on the street. This this shit is gonna be a lot harder to come back from. Therapy ain't just gonna fucking do the trick. Yeah, like I've never been raped by a stranger, like on my way home at gunpoint or knife. Right. You know what I mean? And I know that that's when I was living in. Detroit for a few months like that was that's like the rape capital I swear I mean they had rapes on the news like Chicago has murders it's crazy so I don't know what those people go through I'm sure it's a really ugly journey back to finding yourself and I have the utmost sympathy for you guys I feel like this he never killed anybody he was a rapist. He needs to be in jail for the rest of his life. I don't agree that sex crimes are so much less significant than murder that they should be looked at as they can be rehabilitated. I don't think you can. I think when you have those right, sick thoughts. That, that's why I hate whenever they think like chemical castration will do the trick for a child molester shit. That what? Yeah, that's They can 100%. still use their hands and um, do other weird shit. Like just fucking keep them locked up. This weirdo shit. We don't need it out here in society. Yeah, I need some sort of like electroshock therapy and they need to be tased them until and they're, they're fucking ball sack yeah bitch we're gonna zap some empathy <laughs> into you ho yeah i don't think that sex crime should go yeah there's all. a lot of crimes that, should that shouldn't get a second chance immediately once those thoughts turn into actions immediately you should 
have decades of your life taken from you. There should be no like six years or five years. That's insane to me. Also, I want to note that when it comes to like fraud, robbery, burglary, crimes like that, that people are in jail for, there's victims, obviously, but they're doing that from a place of like poverty or even greed. You know what I mean? Like, they're not just doing some freaky sex fantasy weirdo shit. To me, that's like murder and sex crimes are like the worst things that you can do in my mind. Absolutely. So about these tapes, the whole process of this case was controversial because Carla went to snitch when she found out that they had linked Paul to the Scarborough rapist crimes. She lawyered up, made a plea deal with the Canadian government, testifying that she was just a victim and feared for her life. So Mm. she never told. That's like why she never told she was scared for her life. They agreed to the deal with Carla and Paul's home was combed through under a search warrant that lasted 71 days. In that time. Oh, guess who's back? Okay. (laughs) In that time, they didn't find the tapes. Once Paul's lawyer told him the situation with Carla and her plea deal over the phone, And after hearing that Carla was playing victim and blaming him, Paul told Ken Murray, his lawyer, where the tapes were. The lawyer went and pulled out the six videotapes of Paul and Carla's crimes under the notion that this would disprove Carla's victim statement. These tapes were up in the uh, ceiling behind a light fixture. In 71 days, they couldn't find that. So Paul just told his lawyer where the tapes were. Well, what a great guy. Let's shave some time off his sentence for doing that much. Oh, I'm just saying like they had a search warrant for 71 days to go through this home with a fine tooth comb and in that time that's over two months like they didn't find or think to look in the right exactly you gotta look at the least likely place you're not just hiding on the bookshelf yeah like i can see you breezing past it in like a one day search or a weekend search you're more so looking for like let me in there with a sledgehammer body fluids and shit down (laughs) ken held on to the tapes until just before the trial ken did not know all what was on the tapes he just knew that these tapes would disprove Carla's victim statement so here's what I've learned about lawyers I've heard this like from multiple sources and I don't know if this applies to all lawyers or just like the ones that probably have ADHD but (laughs) they either do all their work at one time and get it out of the way and then they wait till trial starts or they wait till the last minute and then they review all the evidence so they're like it's fresh in their memory. Yeah. You know what I mean? Kind of like how I, that's how I work with these cases. Like, So Ken ended up holding on to the tapes until just before the trial, 17 months later, thinking that he was going to use these tapes in court to discredit the main witness. However, there's no law protecting attorneys from keeping something for trial that would be considered physical evidence. When Ken watched the tapes to perfect to prepare for the case, he resigned. He was traumatized and later faced obstruction of justice charges, but was acquitted because he didn't necessarily know like what was on the tape. So his intention to commit obstruction of justice or any type of misconduct was- Can you imagine having Um, to sit on that jury and watch those tapes? Yeah, when I watched- the documentary about these guys anybody who watched the tapes like still to this day and it's been what 20 years now since the trial 
and they're all like super yeah. traumatized. <laughs> Still like brings him to two. Get away from my mic. Anyway, after he resigned, a new attorney took the case and turned the tapes over to prosecution. Carla's statement was disproved based on those tapes since she had already made a plea deal over a year and a half prior to Paul's trial. They still kept her deal because they felt like, I, what is it, a prime minister yeah. or something? Not, I don't know who the guy is, but some dude in the Canadian government made a statement saying that it would jeopardize the Canadian government's integrity if they were to like retract the deal that they made. Like right. the deal is a deal. Okay, but she lied to get the deal. So I feel like there's got to be some crime in the realm of like bribery and shit like that. All right, my bad for the background noise. My toddler is once again, guys, now, this is just a glimpse into our lives. <laughs> yeah. So, so she still only did her short sentence and she was released in 2005. She changed her name and got remarried. She had some kids and is doing the family thing. Wait, I'm sorry. Wait, back up. I'm not buying. What did you just say? The Canadian government would not retract the deal that they made with her, even though she lied to get the deal. She only did her 12 oh year God. sentence. She was released in 2005, changed her name and got remarried. She had some kids and she's doing the family thing. I don't buy the facade. She should be riding in a cell forever. She literally sacrificed her baby sister for this man and that happened in like the first what year or two of knowing him there's no domestic violence case let's talk about domestic violence real quick sarah and i'll chop this out if you want me to say it but you've been in a very manipulative relationship can we yeah, talk we can. about that okay this motherfucker is paul bernardo without the rape and murder like he does wild shit i mean that I know. I don't know, like, what he's doing after dark. But Sarah's ex is, like, one of... If I had to think of all the people I've met in my life, like, who are the top three worst people I know? I have two friends that have former partners, and one of them was, like, a 90-day thing, and then Sarah's was, like, yeah. what, five years? Hands down, menace to societies. They're both walking free, and they fucking manipulate their way out of all their legal problems and stuff. Dude, I, I've been away from They're him They're horrible for, people. I don't even know how many years, and if I have to walk out to my car from my house, and it's dark out, I'm panicking, and I'm looking over my shoulder the whole entire time, because I'm always expecting him to pop up and do some weird shit. No matter where I live, yeah. that's horrible. gonna happen, because he's a fucking psycho. Tracking devices on vehicles and shit, get yeah. the fuck out of here. Not just stalker, but he's like, he's violent. He's, and he gets away with it all. He's horrible. But my point of bringing him up is out of all those years you spent dealing with that shit and he has your head spinning and you probably have PTSD yeah. from it now. At any point in time, was there something in your brain that was like, I just have to keep him happy to the point where you would sacrifice a family no. member? That's insane, man. She's a fucking monster right. just I like would him. Literally. I, if it came down to that, I would fucking kill him in his sleep. Absolutely. We know first and second hand what it's like to be around manipulative partners and stuff. So there's no excuse. If you're that stupid, you need to stay single and just never marry. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. She's Some disgusting. people will she do anything to, like, for a little fucking attention. Freedom. It's gross. Imagine being the child of Carla Homolka in her new marriage and then boom, you're like a teenager and you're like, that's my mom on that. Who the fuck is Carla Homolka? Right. You know what I mean? Like we obviously don't know what she changed her name to, but her pictures everywhere associated with this shit. And then they watch the documentary. It's just crazy to me. But anyway, she should be riding in a cell forever. I hate that she's out in the world. Yeah, because how do you Paul know she's not over here? Prison. Okay. God. Yeah. The exactly. system is fucked up. So you I can mean, go to Canada and get away with a lot of shit. Fucking insane yeah. to me. I mean, here in America, the fucking detectives will admit that they manipulate 
people in an interrogation room. So I don't know why the fuck he's so gung-ho on integrity for criminals. That was crazy. Paul is doing life in prison. He's had a string of instances where inmates have attacked him in jail. Probably because someone putting money on their books. Because even in segregation, he was being attacked on the way back from showering and stuff. And I just want to say, like, let's not pretend there's just a bunch of inmates in jails that some... They have like this moral high ground and need to avenge the mistreatment of women and children. Like that's hardly a thing. I've known, and I'm not necessarily proud of this, but it is what it is. I've known more inmates than I can account on two hands and that shit's not really happening. That whole thing about big bubba's waiting on you, that's not a thing. Maybe like in the eighties. <laughs> they're not walking around. Yeah, so they're probably <laughs> they're probably either being paid to do that or they want to get recognition for beating him, like the right. dude who killed Dahmer, who also had was a murderer and had his own issues too, but he beat Dahmer. I feel like he shouldn't have been charged with that. Most of the time, inmates mind their business and just don't care. Right. So in November of twenty fifteen, Paul wrote an ebook called A Mad World Order, Jesus which was a bestseller fuck. until it was removed. It was removed due to yes, outrage. I want to say this right now i think it's absolutely fucking disgusting that people can do the shit they do that lands them behind bars and then find fucking ways to make money off of it fuck you so he not only him but a lot of criminals that kill people they want to go out with a bang i feel like this applies to most school shooters i don't think that there's just like this anger and need to kill everybody i think that they plan on killing you really a whole say bunch they of go out with a bang and then of- say school shooters because that was <laughs> come on all right, my bad. Listen, when I'm talking <laughs> about some shit, sometimes I can be insensitive. Yeah, we don't, I don't do it on purpose. We I'm just, just trying to make this. Pl- if you're one of those people that's like sensitive to Ooh, how this is not people the say shit, for you. turn away. Literally, please. We don't have off. filters. Yeah, disrespectfully. We, we just nah. I try to. I you try can't to be, be careful, when you're talking about true crime. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say what the fuck I say. So he wrote an ebook called Mad World Order. I want to know who still know, has that book out it. there. I would. I would be very interested in and getting into the mind of of him like how he thinks i feel like people do shit like this for like the fame right and like how is it worth it in the end you're in prison now bro yeah but they don't even care if like they kill themselves they'll write in the note that they leave like that they'll always be remembered for this if every fucking killer just killed themselves at the end the world would be a much better place and the prisons wouldn't be so crowded i'm just Mm, saying maybe so i feel like you're leaving trauma and unanswered questions and that's going to provoke more anger and to like the family members a lot of, the of times the family shit, members you know? are left with unanswered questions anyways some of those killers That's just fucking true. play games um half the time they can't even locate their bodies because the killers think it's all a fucking joke yeah in 2018 and 2021 now that paul is eligible for parole he was denied both times in those years after doing a decade in millhaven maximum security prison bernardo was transferred to a medium security prison in quebec the reason for the transfer was never provided but it's been a big deal to the canadian people so now the federal prison service is working on reviewing that decision which is stupid what the fuck is the difference he's in prison for life he's not coming home final thoughts final thoughts are that these people are sick motherfuckers you know you know what Ooh, this reminds me of i mean the content totally different but when i think of like sick ass fucking killers 
in time, they remind me of Luca Magnata. Speaking Hate of him. that bitch. So Luca Magnata, part of his disorder where he was making all those like burner accounts and starting rumors about himself because he was trying to get famous. He was desperate to be famous. When Carla Homolka got out of jail, Luca Magnata went and started a fake rumor that he was oh in a relationship okay. with her. So that kind of ties into this. He probably like idolized Paul Bernardo and Luca Magnato. He was, was a, a fucking, fucking psycho. Bitch, how are you? He was putting, a shit show. I'm yeah. not a cat person, but I will never ever want one to get killed. How the fuck are you gonna vacuum seal? God damn, that's fucking gross. Come on. I think that he is like engaged during a relationship with some fuck. dude in there too. I think so that disgusting. I heard that. I'm not. Don't hold me to that. I gotta look into it. But yeah, that's the Barbie and Ken killers. They're fucking disgusting. Paul's paying for it now. I mean, no, no full sense of justice could ever come to those family members and those those girls that lost their lives and the girls that were traumatized by him. Like he was fucked up. He did fucked up things. I don't think he ever would have killed anybody if he didn't meet Carla. And so I don't think Carla should be free. She's on video doing the same shit he is. Why the fuck is she walking around? Yeah. I said when we started this podcast, I wasn't going to do like international cases because we have so much crime in America that we could literally for years weekly make episodes of America. We could do a new episode every stopping. day for you America's know, like crimes. It's still happening. I really loved this case because it's so significant as far as women that will enable men and make men worse or or just give them like the environment to be disgusting. Like if you see red flags about a man and it has to do with some violent shit, tell a bitch to go beat up a guy. Go punch a punching bag, you know bitch. What, don't you know punch what's funny me. Is, punch a clock. Uh, I mean, I know from, you know, my past relationship that you can warn every fucking bitch after you about that guy and you just look like the crazy ex. It's fucking disgusting because, you know, his girlfriend after me, which me and her friends now and stuff, but she believed all his lies in the beginning and then she slowly learned herself. And honestly, I think she got it worse than I did. I mean, she had guns pulled on her. She had her vehicles destroyed. She's been telling me about stuff that was happening just like up until fucking last year. And she's living with a whole other man, has a whole nother baby. And what's wild Just to give you a fucking idea of what type of dude this guy is, the bitch she's talking about looks like a off-brand version of Sarah. Like, he went and tried to find the closest look-alike to Sarah. And and he told people that. that He was like, well, in the dark, she looks just like her. You're fucking weird, bro. That's weird. That's fucking weird shit. She, uh, She told me that he broke into her house after she moved out there was new people living in it he broke in and left her driver's license on a stack of clothes in the house bro you're ballsy you're fucking lucky that new homeowner wasn't there but he gets away with all of it wow he's been like arrested and then he'll get out and then when they go to court he gets dropped every time and that seems to be a trend with a lot of like abusers i remember when i was in this like meeting with court advocates and domestic violence victims and stuff back in the day and i remember some of them had kids with their abusers and stuff and the court advocates would come in and always say like do you want to establish paternity do you want to take them for child support is it worth it because you're just opening pandora's box they would like kind of discourage the women from doing that if they were like very violent and abusive you know like i regret ever taking his ass for child support 
I do in establishing those rights. <laughs> yeah. I can't stand when women get in relationships and they like enable shit or believe the lies. Like, are you bitches really that dumb? Be for well, they real. They got daddy issues. Yeah, that's true. I always had a father, so <laughs> can't relate. <laughs> yep, that's that. Fuck Carla Homoka. I hope you're living super miserably wherever you are. And I hope your kids find out who the fuck you are in the future and grow God, to yes. hate you also. You're disgusting. I do want to do a quick book review just because I think some of my book okay. friends are out there listening. So shout out to you guys for supporting us. But um, I read uh, Still Missing by Chevy Stevens not long ago. And man, when I tell you I was not expecting what the hell I read, um, I was not okay after that book. It was just, it was vile and evil and insane and I was hooked right away. <laughs> I could not put that bitch down. Heavy on the kidnap and rape. Um, the main character's personality resonated so much with me because it's told from her point of view. She's kidnapped and she's held for like over a year. But she has such a like sarcastic personality. And I was just like, yep, that'd be me. Like talking shit all day, every day. Until I get released. Um, so I definitely related with her so much. Uh, my heart broke so many times reading that book. Because it was just, it was such a detailed book with the feelings and everything that was happening. And so I just, I was like, literally, it was like I was her the whole time I was reading it. It was insane. And then it gets to the end and the twist at the end, like, was insane to me. I never, ever, ever saw it coming. Completely disgusting fucking twist that had me extremely pissed off. Like, how could people be such shitty people like that? It was definitely mm. one that... If you're a book reader, if you're into psychological thrillers, if you're into that shit, like you have to, you absolutely have to check it out. It was just five stars, hands down. If I could read it again for the first time, I absolutely would. Such a good book. I wish you read because I think you would love this book. You'd be disgusted, but you would love it. I'll have to reread the same page 40 times. <laughs> It'll take me a year to get through it. I have already, I've read another book by that same author. Again, super, super good. I love the way the author writes. That's going to be a new segment that we're adding is Sarah's book reviews because she is a big fan of reading. She loves psychological thriller. So yeah, we'll yeah, see you guys long, next guys. episode. Don't worry. Hang in there. Um, give us all the feedback. Visit us on Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Give us some conversations. Tell us what you want to hear. Tell us how we're doing. We love all the feedback. We want your involvement. Imagination. Let's go party.